0: Hey friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am grateful and honored that you've chosen to tune in today. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Today's episode is brought to you by JoyMail, the monthly newsletter I release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and practical action steps into your inbox and life. To sign up, simply head to rachelgilbert.com, click the Start Here tab, and you can sign up for the newsletter right there. Today's guest is another one of my all-time favorite preachers. Tim Ross is the lead pastor of the multi-ethnic, multi-generational Embassy City Church in Irving, Texas. Tim speaks both nationally and internationally, strengthening believers with the good news of Jesus Christ. Tim began preaching at the age of 20 years old, and he's already impacted the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. His dynamic teaching style and uncanny ability to make people understand the gospel message is the reason why he's been such an asset to ministries across cultural and denominational lines. So let's go ahead and jump into that conversation that I had with Pastor Tim Ross. Well, hello, Pastor Tim. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here today.
1: I'm great to be I'm grateful to be here with you.
0: Yeah, you're great and grateful. I love that. Um
1: <laughs> before
0: we jump in, so in the intro of the show, I read your professional bio and everybody got to hear all the amazing things that you and your family do. But I'm curious, one question I'd like to ask my guests, what's a random fun fact about you that we probably didn't read in your bio?
1: Um, that I am an introvert and uh I'm a homebody. If I were to turn into an animal, I'd be a declawed house cat and I'd just be in my litter box and I'd be scratching a post and I'd be fine with my whole life. (laughs) Okay, this,
0: you have no idea how much I love that you just said this, because last week on the show, actually, I released an episode with Holly Girth, and she just wrote a book called The Powerful Purpose of Introverts, and (gasps) yeah, you need the book if you don't have it, but um, it was such a good conversation, and her and I talked about how it feels like, I keep meeting all these other communicators, because I'm a big-time introvert, major homebody over here, and a lot of times people don't believe that about me, because they're like, well, you do all this talking, and I'm like, yeah, but hey being a podcaster is like an introvert's dream because I get to do my communication thing, but I'm in a room by myself. I get to hop on a call with you for 30 minutes and then I get to get off and be like, whew, okay. Oh, I'm by myself again.
1: That's (laughs) so so great. Yeah, you're living the life. You're living the life I'd like. Yeah, exactly.
0: You do it more from stage, so I'm not not there yet. So we'll get there one day, but uh, yeah, I I love that. I love that about you. Um, Okay, so fun fact. So, my husband and I attend Gateway. We have been there for 13 years now. I can always remember sure. how many years we've been there because our daughter's 13. We started going when my daughter was born, my oldest. And so she's 13. And I'm like, oh, that's my number for how long we've been there. So, I've heard you speak several times at Gateway. You are by far one of my favorite preachers of all times. And oh, um, thank you. Totally, you know, not trying to humor you, but I just love how you uh, bring the word of God to life. I feel like that's something that God has definitely gifted you with. I'm like, I feel like I'm in the story. Oh, okay. I I can, yes. like I yes. can I'm there. The biggest I'm walking on. That
1: I could ever get. Yeah, oh
0: I God. love that. It's so great. I've actually learned a lot from you just sitting under your teachings. and I would love for you to share with us a little bit about how you got called into ministry period.
1: Yeah, so this is another fun fact story, okay? So uh, I was born and raised in Southern California uh, in Inglewood. My mother worked for the LAPD for 30 years. My dad worked for the post office for 33 years. And from the time I was four years old, I wanted to be in law enforcement. Uh, It was my life dream by the time I was 14 uh, to be a homicide detective. And so uh, I went through uh, the preliminary things that you need to go through uh, to join the police academy when I was 20 and a half. And uh, there's seven steps in that process. And, And between steps four and seven is when I gave my life to Christ. I gave my life to Christ January 14th of 1996. And I preached my first sermon five weeks later. Wow. And I've been preaching ever since.
0: Wow. I love so, that. So
1: that's the story. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's so cool. You know, I think, I don't remember if this is the first time I heard you speak or not, but it really impacted me because you you probably, you may not even remember this message, but I do know you for sure remember this story. You in In the piece of the message, you shared how at one point, I guess in your life, you had an addiction to pornography. Is that right? Is that part of your story? That's correct. Yeah. And I remember you saying, you said a simple prayer to God of give you as much of a love for his word as you had, you know, for the pornography. And I, at the time, even though it's a little bit comical, or at least my husband thinks it's comical, that I compared that to my love for sweets, Um, you know, (laughs) he's like, huh, that's the same level of addiction. I'm like, okay, you know, but, you know, I'm like, yeah. It can be. I know, exactly, and um, honestly, God used that simple prayer. I applied it to my, because I used to have a a binging disorder uh, back in the day, and I honestly did, and and I would use that prayer to, so I just had to share that with you, because I know that super random, but I was like, yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: That's so great. I celebrate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. I still use that prayer for different things today. Cause isn't that the truth that if we would just have that, whatever it is that we crave in this world, right? If we'd crave the word as much as that, man, life changed right there. So life changes. <laughs>
1: yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you just wrote a book called upset the world. Is this your first book
1: My very first book. Your very
0: first book. How How is is that process for you? I'd love to hear the heart behind where this came about Uh, to write this.
1: Yeah, so I was reading through the book of Acts uh, a few years back and getting through chapter 17, I run across verse 6 and there's this statement that's made that is both as a literalist, exaggerative, but also prophetic. And it's this angry mob of Jewish people that are upset that Paul and Silas are converting so many people uh, to a belief that Jesus Christ is their uh, savior. And they make this statement, Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world. And now they're here disturbing our city too. Well, did they cause trouble all over the world? I mean, actually not, right? I mean, that's the exaggerative part. But the prophetic part is that they were gonna, right? That 2000 years later, From city to city, from state to state, from country to country, the gospel is still being spread. And that word, cause trouble in the Greek, means to turn upside down. And I thought to myself, January 14th of 96 was the most upside down, upsetting day of my entire life. Jesus upset my world. And that's all he's been doing since he died on that cross, is upset people's world with his message, his love, and his hope. And that thought turned into a sermon. That sermon turned into a series. That series turned into a book.
0: Wow. So did that all kind of unravel all within this year? Or has that been unraveling? Or
1: No, that was about a three-year process okay. from the time I read it uh, and then it turning into a message that I, that I did at our church, Embassy City. And the thing that was interesting about doing it at our church was that it was like a bomb went off after i got done preaching that message everybody was like what in the world was that like this is such an eye opening context to have as it relates to what happens to your life when jesus comes into it i'm like yeah i think i think the same thing and then it turned into a series from there and then from there uh it turned into a book
0: yeah that's awesome i love when yeah. i love when things just Unfold like that because you can just see God's hand all over it. And um,
1: that's I, right. I
0: would love for you to expand upon this t- that you mentioned it for yourself about that Jesus upset your world, right? And yeah, I feel yeah. like there's a lot of people listening, even people who grew up in church, but I'm just really had my eyes open to lately. I am in my final year of grad school um, to be a marriage and family awesome. therapist, and I'm working in more secular environments. We'll just say it like that. And I've really yeah. had my eyes open to. How many people really don't know what the gospel is? Like, they've heard the name Jesus. They've definitely heard of Christianity, but they don't understand with this whole him coming in and just, you know, just complete transformation. Will you expand upon that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when I have an opportunity to talk to people about um, Jesus, I make a thread correlation between the trauma I experienced as a child and then what I refer to as trauma, in giving my life to Jesus Christ, right? A a trauma is a deeply impactful thing that has happened in your life. And to this day, even though I was sexually abused at eight years old and got into pornography and was highly promiscuous as a teenager, January 14th of 1996 is still the most traumatic day and experience I've ever had in my life. And it, it has eclipsed all the other traumas that I've had in my life. Uh, and so it is upsetting. I continue to be upset by it. If I talk about it too much right now with you, Rachel, I will start crying. So, cause I'm an emo. Um, and so th- there is this, there is this compelling narrative and story. Cause I'm a storyteller. That's what, that's the compliment you gave me earlier, which is to me, one of my favorite compliments to get, which is you put me in the story. And so I put people into this story until they can, find themselves in it. And and so when I share the message of Jesus, I share the gospel according to Tim.
0: Mm, that's so good. I yeah. love, I have never once heard somebody relate Jesus coming into your life as a trauma that literally trumped all the other traumas. I love that. I mean, that's, yeah. that's such good news because everybody listening has some form of trauma, whether it's a big T or little t traumas, we That's all right. can tell them, you know, whether it be the yeah. deep abuse, sexual abuse stories or the time you were in 3rd grade and you remember somebody called you name that just stuck with yeah. you. You know, it's like we all yes. have those things and how cool it is to think that the, you know, Jesus coming in can just trump all those things. And it and it yes. is though, you will for the rest of your life tell that story of the day that you met Jesus. So Right. That's, that's exactly right. That's so cool to me. Oh, okay. So you talked about how he's upset your life. And then you said, you talk about in your book that actually, I think I wrote down one of your quotes. Once he's upset your life, he'll ask you to upset others. All right. So let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about that. That's kind of what you and I are doing here today, right? We're kind of getting into that's people's right. business a little bit like, Hey, that's right. Let's talk about this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when I encourage people to uh, live their life as an upsetter of others, I'm I'm talking about partnering with the Holy Spirit and being sensitive enough to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you into opportunities to upset people. And the biggest way that we can upset people on a day-to-day basis, I'm talking about being a rhythm of your life, is doing good. This is something that is said about Jesus, uh, well, something that is uh, retold about Jesus in the in the Gospels, uh, but it is summated best by Paul in... Uh, Acts chapter number 10, verse number 38. It says, and we know that Jesus Christ was uh, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered, and he went around doing good and healing all those that were oppressed by the devil. Well, that doing good part is the major part of Jesus's earthly ministry. His first miracle is showing up at a wedding and turning water into wine. If that's not just a nice guy, I don't know who is, right? So, when we when we talk about upsetting the world, it can sound daunt, daunting, like, oh, my goodness, how can I upset the world? I don't even have a passport. I'm talking about starting with the world that's immediately around you. Right. And just saying, God, I give you permission to give me a nudge. And if you want me to give an encouraging word, if you want me to give a loving expression, if you want me to pay for the, this person's groceries behind me, uh, if you want me to whisper a prayer for the person um, that I go get my you know, dry cleaning from. I'm open to do what you tell me to do.
0: Yeah, okay. I yeah. want to. I want to lean into this talking about partnering with the Holy Spirit because I feel like that's another thing that people hear that phrase Holy Spirit and they're kind of like, Oh, I don't know about. I'm not sure about that. You know, even believers yep. like, I don't know yeah, about yeah. this. That sounds scary. So I want to hear <laughs> right. some practical tips that we can teach people how to listen for those nudges yeah. and actually yeah. um, obey then when the Holy Spirit nudges.
1: Yeah. So. He, he, here's when I know the Holy Spirit's nudging. Uh, first of all, the suggestion is really, really good. Second of all, it kind of intimidates me. Mm. And and makes me kind of go, uh, maybe that's uh, just me probably thinking this. And But then it keeps pressing, right? And it's like, this is a really, really good suggestion. And you wouldn't have thought about this today because you're trying to hurry on with your life. and And I'm telling you, I want you to pay for this lady's groceries behind you. And you're like, this is gonna be weird, and it's gonna be strange, and then she's gonna be asking me why did you do this, and the whole. But the the nudge just keeps coming, right? And so you finally do it. Then you find out some incredible story of like, I don't even know why I put all this stuff in my grocery basket because I didn't think I could pay for it all, or, you know, I just went through. I just had the most horrific day at work, and the fact that you just did this just shows me that at least somebody cares. There's going to be a narrative on the other side of this, what seems to be uh, out of the blue thought that is going to upset somebody's world. And the more we uh, resist the urge to fight it and actually lean into it and actually do it, the more we get addicted to it.
0: Yeah, it's like you
1: have no idea how fun it is to bless people when you're partnering with the Holy Spirit. It's the coolest thing ever.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. And I love it, too, because then afterwards, you really can't even take credit for it because you're like, yeah, I would have never in my own flesh had that idea or, you know. Like, <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Now, OK, let's go a little further. So let's say we hear fill that nudge. We actually act on it. You know, we're obedient. And then somebody does come back and say, like you said, one of those stories of, I wasn't sure how I was going to do this. How can you use that opportunity then to minister and to witness to people?
1: So uh, one of my favorite things to do when, when somebody comes back with a reaction that is like very emotional or you can tell their heart is open. And that's when you tell them, hey, listen, I love you, but God loves you way more than I do. Yeah, And he that that he would be thinking about you today. I wasn't even supposed to be at this gas station. I wasn't even supposed to come to this grocery store today. I usually shop at the other Kroger, but I just happen to be on this side of town. Whatever it is that you can kind of do to encourage and sow that seed. One of the things, Rachel, that I I really um, encourage people to do is fall in love with with seed time and irrigation. Mm. Right? There's so many people that are in love with the harvest, right? Like, oh my goodness. I won this soul to Christ. And we hear the stories of somebody witnessing and they gave their life to Jesus. And you're like, oh my goodness, I can never do that. Well, listen, the harvest belongs to the Lord because he's the Lord of the harvest. But my wife has a garden. Juliet has a garden. And I never want to eat a tomato from a restaurant again after I eat from her garden, what's from her garden. But the reason why I get to enjoy that harvest is because of the time she took to seed, to water, and to wait. And I think if all of us as believers would fall in love with, I got to sow a seed today. I, I just got to tell this person that God loves them. Who knows who's gonna water it down the line and when their heart's gonna be open to actually receive Jesus into their life. But the fact that God got to allow you to be a part of the process, that's as exciting to me as actually seeing somebody come down you know, at a Sunday morning service and give their life to Jesus.
0: Yeah. That was a word in due season right there for myself and for, I believe, people listening because that is so true. And I I also feel like that's a little bit of a character testing thing for some of us. But even, you know, what you and I are doing right here at this podcast, the difference between podcasting and speaking on a stage, like you said, when you're speaking on a stage, you do get to see people's facial reactions. And, you know, did they pick up the thing we're talking about? Are they into it? Were they napping? I don't know, you know. Well, yeah, when yeah. I release these podcasts, I really don't know what people are doing on the other side of them, you know, yeah. like, are they listening yeah. or are they, you know, what what's happening? And so th- I, that was really encouraging to me, but I also just know a lot of people, especially moms listening, you know, when you're, feels like all you're doing is wiping snotty noses all day and packing lunches, yeah. you know, it's like, but what yeah. about those words we speak over our children that is that's planting right. those seeds and maybe we're not seeing the fruit yet from those words that yeah. are being spoken, but it will be watered and it will grow. And so that's very... Very encouraging to hear that.
1: Yeah. I thought about when you were just talking, the fact that we have these opportunities on a, on a daily basis to, to sow. And when you think about the the parable that Jesus gave about uh, the sower in the field, th- this sounds like the worst sower of all time. Right? Like, buddy, find some fertile soil and don't waste any of this seed. Put it all in fertile soil. The dude's just scattering it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, some fell on thorny ground and some fell among the rocks and the pathway. And, but some did hit the fertile ground. It wasn't about him uh, being you know, so specific about where he put the seed. It was about him sowing. I mean, he was just chucking stuff. And so sometimes you sow seed and people receive it. Sometimes you sow seed and people don't. Our responsibility is to sow the seeds, though.
0: Oh, that's good. Our responsibility is to sow the seeds. Yeah. I wonder right now. I love that. Okay. I want to talk about for a second, this word upset. As we were talking earlier, I just, I'm drawn to that word because I think sometimes when people think about the word upset, they think anger or like, you know, but really, I don't know if it's always that. Like, I almost just feel like it's a, it's stirring things up. It's shifting things around. Like, what would you, how would you define the word upset?
1: I'm so glad you asked this question because I'm a wordsmith. I live with words, and I'm a literalist. So the it drives my family and friends crazy because my wife always says I'm going to run to the store, and I'm like, take the car. Yep. <laughs> right? So that's a dad uh, joke
0: right there. Though my husband says it, that one too. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It,
1: I, and 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 I mean it literally because I'm like everything people say and everything I read, I, I get pictures of. Uh-huh. So when she says I'm gonna run to the store, I'm like. Why would you do that? Like we have,
0: or I'm gonna hop in the shower.
1: Don't yeah, yeah exactly. Down. It's like, no, you
0: no. should just step in. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You could hurt yourself hopping. <laughs> so, with with this word upset, by definition, it simply means to turn over.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: That's what upset means. It means to turn over. If you had a glass that was on your counter and you turned it over, you would be upsetting it, right? Uh, but it also means to disturb and derange completely, right? So um, there there are these nuances to this word. But when I think about it in, in as it relates to heaven's perspective, when a life is turned upside down, it's really turned right side up.
0: Mm, mm,
1: that's because right. we're born in sin, we're we're actually born upside down, facing downward, right? And and when we come into this relationship with Jesus Christ, we're turned over and oriented to uh, this beautiful relationship vertically with God and horizontally with his people. And uh, there's nothing like that community of believers in the world. No fraternity or sorority is greater than the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. I'm the same way with words. I, In fact, I have a Bible software program that when I get obsessed with the word, I'm like looking it up and seeing how many times it was in the Bible. And what is it actually, where's the root meaning of it? Cause there's just so much in, in a word. So I love how you broke that down in a way that just makes a lot of sense. So how do you feel like that we can break down barriers with people and build relationships? Cause barriers is a really big deal. Right now, especially. I mean, it's always been, it's always been there. Let's don't, let's don't, you know, um, candy cup that, but it seems like. It's
1: amplified this year. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's a little more right now. So how we, how do we break down those barriers?
1: (laughs) I feel like God's given me a grace to destroy barriers with people. And you do that by destroying the stereotype that they build of you in their head Mm. by simply meeting them where they are not where you are just where they are and all it takes to to find out where they are is a few more moments of you not saying anything just let them talk before you interrupt before you disagree before you stand on the word of god and uh give them a piece of your mind just sit there for a second and let them talk because finding out where they where they are will give you a road map to meeting them there and then walking with them for a little bit i just feel like um especially this year with everything that's going on with covid um coming up on an election year with everything that's going on with race i've just seen more people talk more than they listen Mm
0: -hmm.
1: there's a scripture that i live my life by and and it's in uh uh proverbs 4 verse 7 in king james have all the stuff memorized in King James. I was thirty years King James. So it says, uh, "Wisdom is the principal thing; therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get an understanding." Now, the reason why this means so much to me is because uh, my best friend uh, works in production, and so uh, he makes short film and commercials and all this kind of stuff. And in, in 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 media, and as you know, you're you're in a form of media. Content is king, right? as long as you have content coming, then you'll have somebody, an audience to come back for more. Right. I believe in the kingdom. Context is king.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: It is very, very difficult to be mad at someone that you understand. Mm. Doesn't mean you won't be frustrated. Doesn't mean you agree, but it's hard to be mad at something you understand. And and if, and if the scripture says, get wisdom and with all that getting, get an understanding in order for us to understand, we need to listen more. Yeah. And at the end, we might not agree, but we also can't be mad anymore. Cause it's like, you know what? Now that I've heard you out, I actually understand why, based on what you just said, why you would think like that. I don't agree with you, but I understand you more. And I appreciate you saying that. And I mean, I talk to atheists, and they they're tickled by me because they'll at the end of you know understanding why they are why they believe that that there isn't a god. I go, man, I can see why you came to that conclusion, uh, but I still believe God to be real and Jesus to be Lord. And I know you don't believe in prayer, but after this conversation, when I get home, I'm going to pray for you. And there's nothing you can do about it because you won't hear it.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
1: And they just laughed. I didn't have to nudge them from their position, but they're definitely not gonna nudge me from mine. But there's a relationship there now because we respect each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally planting a seed in them because that may be the first time they've ever had a believer actually go, I can see where you're coming from. You know, like, yeah, I I can. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I think that's why I'm so drawn to therapy. I love hearing people's stories because I'm like, to me, me, until you know somebody's story, I mean, once I, you know, and that's how I am even in friendships. I'm like, all right, we have to have a one-on-one. It's probably also the introvert in me. I have a really hard time being in large circles of people until I get to know each one individually. Cause I just helps me to be like, oh, okay. Now I get it doesn't excuse people's behavior, but it just helps me right. make more sense of it, you know, That's and extend correct. more grace. And like you said, meet them where they're at. Um, you That's know, right. it, so this is probably part of why I'm a little bit bothered by sometimes when people, I feel like social media has given people such a, I love social media. It's great for many things. But it's also given people a little bit of boldness in some areas maybe they shouldn't have boldness in, you know. (laughs) I agree. but, But sometimes sharing opinions on things that I'm going, but you don't really know the people. Like, you don't really know the full story. You don't know. There's so much more. So... Let's talk just for a minute, which, I mean, I know we don't have a ton of time left, but about what that looks like, because a lot of people, more people I feel like are on social media now than ever before, especially because of the pandemic, you know, like that's how people are connecting now. So how can we take what you're talking about here and apply it to social media then?
1: Such a great question, Rachel. You know, for me, I agree with you. First of all, let me say that social media is the wrong place to have discourse. Mm hmm. There's nothing you can put in a tweet, in a post on Instagram, or in a post on Facebook that's going to stimulate a healthy conversation. Yeah. The the, the exchange that needs to happen in order to gain clarity and to have a conversation and to uh, debate and disagree respectfully and tactfully, it's absent from those moments. A statement is out there. It's inflamed and triggered some people, and now there's no turning back. Right, you're 432 comments deep in a war of words in sound bites. It just doesn't work. It it doesn't work at all. What I I use social media as an extension of my public persona. So in the same way I get up from the pulpit and I want to encourage people, the only thing I'm putting on social media are things to encourage people, things to enlighten people, things to uh, give people hope. Because I know that if I only have a soundbite to give, a, a, a quote to post, a picture to to put up, it has to be something that I, that's going to give somebody a smile, mm-hmm. that's going to give somebody some hope, that's going to give somebody um, some encouragement that they can make it throughout the day. Uh, again, I'm not going to share an opinion that would need to be unpacked in a place that doesn't Uh, lend itself to unpacking well at all. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I am so glad you said this. I feel like I just want you to say a little louder for the people in the back because I've actually (laughs) had people ask me, well, as a Christian influencer, why aren't you, you know, tackling this topic of X, Y, Z on social media? And it's that reason right there. My thing is, if I could be in a room with you and us actually have a relationship i would be happy to tackle those topics but
1: that's correct when
0: we don't even know each other and i you can't hear the tone of my voice when i you're reading it and you're interpreting it with your own tone you know so that's whether exactly you, right. you know it could come across as sassy when i meant it as sweet right and right. Uh, and so to me that's where i get real it's not from a place of timidity or fear i almost i no. I, I hope it's from a place of wisdom that i say i don't think i want to tackle that when we can't really have a healthy conversation here. It's just, that's
1: exactly right. You know, so. and, and, and I've gone through the same thing. You know, people have said, Hey, you're, you're a leader. God's given you influence. How come you haven't spoken out on this? And I'm like, I was with the chief of police and we had a conversation about this for three hours. Yeah. So just because something didn't show up on social media, that this is not where my life is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This, this is where some sound bites are. This yeah. is where some quotes are. But I don't live my life through social media. I'm actually doing the work. And if you're looking to social media as a reflection of uh, where my passions are, you're never going to know what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would I would never display it all here.
0: Yeah. 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 That's such wisdom. Um, And I love the name of your social media handle, Upset the Gram. That's like the best, (laughs) I think, the best social media handle I've ever seen. So if you guys are listening, you definitely need to make sure to go follow Pastor Tim. um, on Are you anywhere else besides Instagram?
1: I'm on Instagram. I do have a Facebook page as well. Okay.
0: what is your uh, Facebook name
1: for the people here? Um, at the, it's just Tim Ross. Just Tim Ross. They, okay. should, they should just be able to find it or the Tim Ross. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah. So actually that was my final thing I was going to ask you was where can people connect with you? Which sounds like yep. Instagram and Facebook are those the best places to connect with you? Yeah. Okay.
1: And any content you want to see from our church is at embassycity.com.
0: Okay. Perfect. Um. All right. And the final thing I just want to see, do you have any final words of encouragement for the listeners? Just- Uh, to to wrap us up with, to leave them with today?
1: Yeah, I I would encourage everybody that's tuned in and listening to open up your heart and give God the opportunity to upset you again, to literally turn your heart over, to turn your day over, to turn your mind over, to turn your philosophies over to uh, what is oriented in heaven. And to bring that down to earth, if you do that, it starts with you. And if it if it happens in you, then you will indeed upset the world.
0: Oh, I love ending on that. Now, one more practical thing: if somebody's listening and they say, "Yeah, I've never, I've never done that. I've never accepted Jesus." Where's the next step for them right now?
1: The next step right now is oh, it is so simple. When I do this for people and and share this with people, they're literally looking at me like, "Are you?" That's all I have to do. But Romans 9 makes it the easiest thing in the whole wide world. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Listen, if Jack and Jill could get up the hill, (laughs) then so can you. Jesus died on a hill, not to make it an obstacle course, but to make it an easy path for you to get to. So if you would open up your mouth and confess with your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, and repent, I know that word has sound uh, has been scary in the last couple of decades, Home, I'm repenting of my sins. All repent means is to change your mind on the way you thought you should be living your life. And it's no different from when somebody becomes a citizen of America who was born in a different country, and they they are uh, asked to renounce their citizenship. That's all repentance is, is to renounce citizenship to the way that you were living, the, the philosophies that you held. And now you're saying, I'm going to submit to the Lord of my life, who is Jesus Christ.
0: Well, I cannot think of a more perfect way to wrap up our conversation on uh, upsetting the world. Where can people get this book?
1: So Amazon uh, is the best place. Barnes and Nobles is a great place to get it as well. We have been sold out in both of those spaces. Uh, so gatewaypublishing.com is another place that you can get the book.
0: Perfect. And yeah, is it available in gateway bookstores also? Or do you know?
1: You know what? That's a good question. I'm going to have to check on that.
0: Okay, well... If you just, I'm sure if you Google it, you guys will find it. And if you have any problems, for sure, reach out to one of Tim or I on social media or something. We'll make sure you guys can find the book. Well, uh, Pastor Tim, thank you again for taking time to come on. I'm beyond thrilled to release this episode. I can't wait to hear just um, how everybody just receives the message and even more so I'm excited for them to get their hands on your book.
1: Well, thank you so much. It was an honor and a pleasure to be with you today. It was refreshing.
0: Well, can you see why Tim's one of my favorite preachers? Be sure to go follow him on social media at Upset and grab a copy of his book. And don't forget to enter for giveaways of these guest books. All you have to do is text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway to the number 44222 right there on your cell phone, or you can sign up directly on my website at rachelgilbert.com. All right, friends, that's all for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.